0: Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Aaron Johnson, founding member of Living the Potential Networks Youth Advisory Council with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, and one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Ursula Menchez, who is a sales expert and coach, motivational speaker, five-time best-selling author, among many, many other amazing talents that we didn't get to touch on during this interview. And I've had the pleasure of knowing her for most of my life. I think you'll enjoy our conversation about, well, kind of everything. We talked about how we could discover our life purpose, how to activate the power of intention and manifestation, and how we can learn to trust ourselves on our learning journeys. My favorite part of this podcast was when we both got to share some of the odd synchronicities and coincidences that have happened throughout our lives that have divinely led us to the point where we are today.
1: Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and this is, I'm the founder of Living the Potential Network, and I'm your host for today. When I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find ways to create spaces where people could hear what youth have to say, and that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations after listening to the youth's dreams and concerns and connect them with a elder or a mentor who has experience and wisdom to share and who is open to learning and receiving from the innovative spirit of the youth, it's reciprocal learning at its best. I always leave these conversations inspired and filled with hope, and I think you will too. So today I have two special guests. The first guest I'd like to uh, say is Ursula Menches, and uh, the second um, the mentee is Aaron Johnson. We're going to start with Ursula Menches, uh, who's coming to us from Minneapolis. Ursula, so grateful to have you with us, and I'll tell you what, you have been busy in your life, because when I look at your bio, you are a you know, best-selling award-winning entrepreneur and author, a sales expert, and you have actually transformed the way people think about selling, and you've been on stages with some of the most um, powerful and successful people. Um, Your books have won international awards. (laughs) Um, You are a mom, you know, you're constantly inventing and creating new ways to help people be successful and sharing how to speak and communicate. I think it might have something to do with your background. You have a uh, bachelor's degree in uh, communications, is that right, or psychology and communication and a master's in counseling and psychology, and you're an NLP certified coach to the NLP Institute of California. So like I said, you've been busy in your life and we're so grateful to have you with us today. Ursula Menches, thank you for being here.
2: I'm so excited to be here, Renee Beth
1: and Erin, and I know we're just going to have
2: so much fun today.
1: Absolutely. Well, to get started, this whole idea is life is a journey. And you know, where did you start? Where did you go up? And what were some of the, you know, what should I say, road posts or road signs along the way that's brought you to where you are today?
2: Yeah, well, thank you for that beautiful introduction and, and your kind words. And, you know, when you when I hear that story, you know, it sounds so easy (laughs) Uh, and like this is like I'm living kind of the end of some of these stories now and and I know that like when I think back about my journey it was anything but easy and so I I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota and I loved living on the farm I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian or a farmer that was it and my parents said go to college and get a good job right? I think a lot of us were told that my parents hadn't gone to college. And so they really believed in education. And what's amazing is they actually both went later in life, which was, which was really great for them. You know, growing up, just to be really frank is, you know, I had a very quote unquote, interesting childhood. And, you know, I've talked about this in some of my books and it was, um, there was, there was a lot of dysfunction at home. And a lot of people would say to me, Ursula, you're like, You're like a 40 year old, (laughs) or you're so mature, or you're such a, she's such a good girl. I remember hearing that a lot. And that was really because I learned some coping skills on how to stay safe in my life. And by the time I was 15, I moved out. And what's great about moving out at 15, while that sounds a little bit traumatic, what was great about it is I was able to live with uh, my best friend's family who were instrumental in being a great support to me and my family. Right, my parents did the best, the best that they could. Right, every parent does the best that they could at that time. But we all needed some support, and so this family just opened up their arms and you know brought me in, and that was a very um, formative moment for me because I started to see other possibilities for my life, for what a family could be like for what a peaceful home could be like. And it was like, wow, this is what I want. Right. And so, um, you know, a few years later I went to decide to go to college and this was really interesting for me too. I, I'd applied to a lot of schools and one of the social workers who I'd become really close to, um, in my life said, you know, you should apply to St. Olaf college, which is a private college here in Minnesota. And I'd never seen, I never saw myself as a, someone who could go to a private school. That wasn't, part of my life. In fact, a well-meaning adult said, you know, Ursula, you probably shouldn't go to St. Olaf. You won't fit in. And I thought, well, that's interesting, like projecting that, you know, and I had the wherewithal to really think, I don't think that's about me. So let's go back and look at this. And, and I'm saying this from a point of whether you go to a state school or private school, like you got to pick the school that's best for you. I felt a call. I felt a call that I was supposed to be at St. Olaf. Once I visited, and the social worker marsha wrote this letter of recommendation for me which was like i read it and i was like oh my gosh like this woman has stepped up to really support me and i had done well really well in high school that was one thing i was good at so um, Mm -hmm. i had leadership skills i'd done well in school because that's one you know one area where i could shine where it was very safe for me and so um so i did i stepped into this other world of saint Olaf, and that was a life-changing moment because all of a sudden again I was introduced to a different world, different people, and I started to shift my beliefs about what it meant to be successful, what it meant to be money, to have money, that maybe it was okay to have money. And I got to meet this whole new group of people who many of them I'm still great friends with today and who were also very formative in my journey. So fast forward, I graduate from St. Olaf with a liberal arts degree in psychology and communication, which I then realized that I didn't have a lot of options. (laughs) I was working at Pier One Imports, making six dollars and twenty-five cents an hour, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is not going to get me, you know, to where I want to go. And one day, my friend Jana, who was an econ major from St. Olaf, she came to me and she said, she said, Urs, one of my best friends, she called me Urs. Urs, I have an opportunity for us. And I thought, ooh, do tell. So here's Jana, econ major from St. Olaf. We're both working at Pier One Imports. And I said, what's this opportunity? She said, well my aunt and uncle just sold their company to IBM for multi multi-millions and they're empty nesters now. And they gave us the opportunity to go, we can go and live with them for free and we'll be transferred from the Burnsville, Minnesota, Pier One Imports to the Boulder, Colorado, Pier One Imports. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> there was one caveat though. I'm very close to my mom. And um, my mom is a thriver. She has been through a lot in her life and has been um, always saw a bigger vision for me than I could hold. And I went to my mom and I'm like, you know, Jen and I have this opportunity and I don't, I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and she said one word that I'll never forget. Cause this is a woman who's, who went through it. I don't have to tell her her whole story, but just know she went through it, came out the other side and she said, go. And I'll never forget that moment because she could have said, stay like, you know, I, I want you to be around here. And she said, go. And to all those parents who say, go, you know, I salute you because now that I have a seven-year-old, that's going to be one of the hardest things I'm ever going to have to utter out of my mouth is go. And so I did. And we moved, you know, two states over <laughs> and moved in with our aunt and uncle who were these incredible, again, these people who showed up in my life, these incredible human beings, so generous. You know, I saw wealth in a different way. I saw kindness in a different way. And we were, I got to know them in one day, and this is one of those forks in the road. Um, Jana's uncle sat me down and he's like, you know, what are your plans? Ursula and I said oh you know I think I want to go to law school I don't have money to pay for it but I'm you know I'm figuring that out just trying to figure it out like I didn't know and he said yeah you know you want to talk about that and I said yeah and he said you know Carol and I would love to pay for that for you well the Lutheran farm kid in me did not have the capacity to accept that level of gift and I said well I could never I couldn't accept that. I mean, I appreciate it. I can't believe you're even offering this to me. I I, I can't, like there's nothing in me that could receive that. And he said, I understand and I respect you. May I offer you some advice? And I said, yes, please. And, And this is what he said and I'll never forget it. He said, get a job in outside sales and you can do anything. You'll have enough money to go to law school. You can start your own company. It was like he was teaching me how to fish, right? I said, "Will that'd be great. I don't know anything about outside sales. I'm a psych and communications major. I don't know, like, I don't even know where I'd start. He said, don't get confused about the how in this moment. He goes, just get your resume ready and trust when I tell you, you'd be phenomenal in sales. He said, I've hired a lot of salespeople. This would be great for you. I listened, I filled out my I updated my um, resume. He asked me to send it to him. I didn't send it right away. Instead, I went back to work at Pier One Imports. I hadn't had time to send it. And that day changed my life because a woman came through wearing a really nice business suit. We were chatting. She's like, What are you doing in you know, Boulder? And I said, Well, you know, I'm here for a little bit. I moved from Minnesota and I'm actually looking for a job in outside sales. Because I thought I might as well say it out loud, right? <laughs> and so she said. Right. We're hiring, are you interested? And I said, what do you sell? And she said, computer training and consulting and a little voice inside me said, you don't know anything about that. And then that voice did not come out of my mouth. Um, I just thought, you know what, why not? Like, why not just go, Will said, just keep going. So, so I went home and I told Will and I said, you are not to believe this, like this woman, you know and we looked up the company, he said, go interview, just interview, it's good practice. He goes, I'll share your, your resume around as well. The long and short of it is they hired me. I still don't know why they asked me the funniest questions. There were these gentlemen from um, Canada who are still some of my mentors and friends today. They asked me things like, what do you think about the three stooges? Like, I'll never (laughs) forget that question. And I just died laughing. And I, you know, we talked about it and they made an offer. I started, it was 24,000 a year plus commission. You would have thought I had won the lottery. And then I started my job and I hated everything about selling. And here was an inspiration point. So I'm being a good student. I went out and read every book I could on sales and selling from Brian Tracy's The Psychology of Selling to Jeffrey Gittimer's The Sales Bible. And then I found this book by the late, way now late um, Dr. Wayne Dyer called The Power of Intention. Right. The book changed my life. And so, instead of making a hundred cold calls every day on a tick sheet, which was my job, I started to make twenty-five intentional calls every day with the intention to get two appointments. And I started to crush it, and I took the pressure off myself.
1: And well, I kept hearing wait, Will's wait, voice. I want yeah. to just say that all of what you've just shared is something that you've put into your books. You know, <laughs> there's something about synchronicity and intention that are two of your key books that are related to your life story about how to be with people. I mean, was that a coincidence that that woman just showed up in the store or or would that fall in the category of synchronicity where you, for the first time, would announce what it is that you wanted to do? Yeah,
2: I would call that a synchronicity, right? And Carl Jung coined that term. He he said, a synchronicity is a meaningful coincidence, right? Where we see a connection.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to make sure because I don't think I mentioned the names of your books earlier. And yet, this is exactly meeting Wayne Dyer who's an amazing mentor to me as well. Um, this intention. Uh, so the power of intention and how you create that it shifted from an automatic transactional exercise of going through a list of names to choosing 25 people and interacting with them to discover something with yeah. intention. Is that right? Exactly. It, all I was calling them to do was find out if I could
2: solve their problem, and I figured if I made twenty-five intentional calls every day, two of them would have a problem I can solve. And part of that was shifting. You know, this this was a new belief, right? I took on this new belief because the old belief that was given to me by well-meaning um, sales managers was sales is a numbers game, and it's just not. It's not a numbers game unless you want to work really hard and make feel like, you know, make up the story that you have to make 100 calls every day to get to your goal. Well, that wasn't fun for me. So I made up a new story (laughs) that said, when I make 25 intentional cold calls, and these were cold calls, meaning these people had no idea who I was, 25 intentional cold calls every day, I would get two appointments because I needed 10 appointments a week. And I just, I just started to believe that this was my new formula and it was working.
1: Yeah. It worked so well that somehow or another you became president of the company at age 27. Is that right? Yes.
2: Yes. So the next five years I went from being an outside sales rep to um, sales manager, branch manager, regional manager, executive vice president. And then by the time I was 27, I was they named me president, which is actually my second book, One Great Goal, which kind of ties all these things together. One Great Goal is like more like the life book that I wrote. And that's for everybody. That's about figuring out your one great goal. And at that time, my one great goal was to become president when I was of the company. U.S maybe later. Um, (laughs) so I made the decision when I was 23 though, I remember sitting down with my husband who was my boyfriend, then Tim. And I said, you know, I kind of want to be president someday. And Tim didn't skip a beat. And he's like, of course you should be president of this company. Why not you? And so here we were these two 23 year olds, like just making all these decisions about what was next. And I don't take it lightly that it happened. I mean, I wrote it down. I focused on it. I kept intending for it. And then by the time I was 27, it happened.
1: Pretty amazing. So this idea of straight—I'm sure this is one of the things that we'll be talking about with um, Erin about beliefs and and really getting in the zone about creating the game you want to play. Is that right?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. So in terms of what you're doing today, um, it's like if you look back to where you are today. I'm not going to ask you how old you are today, (laughs) but let's just say there still could be time for you to be president of the United States. You know, (laughs) we're we're, we're paving the way for. And you know what? I think that. Um, Colorado uh, gentleman who encouraged you to go into sales. At that it was like a fork in the road. You were either going to go to law school or go into sales. And if you go into sales, you could pay for law school. So it was like a strategy. So mm-hmm. you went that way, and then you discovered something even bigger than what you thought you were going into sales for. Could you speak a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So um, I started to love selling. Like once I cracked the code. And I started to grow, you know, after I grew a sales territory in about eight months, very successfully. And then I got promoted to branch management when I was 23. And so I took on a new branch and I grew a million dollar, you know, revenue, a million dollars in annual revenue in one year. So $83,333 a month. That was my goal. and, And we got there. And so it was, I started to realize that I'm kind of good at this. Like, I didn't know that this was a thing. I learned how to read a P&L report. What I didn't know, it was like getting an MBA on steroids. Like I learned business from these incredible mentors that I had and they just let me run it. Like, uh, like it was my own business. So it was, that was also one thing that really served me is they allowed me to be super entrepreneurial. And I didn't, I just didn't know that at the time, how that was going to serve me later. But um, so I learned, I just, I learned how to build P&Ls and build successful um, successful revenue models, which equaled profitable P and and profitable businesses. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it was a great way to use your education because, um, you know, when you think about solving people's problems and how many conversations you have that, that VA in communications and psychology came in handy, how did the NLP fit in?
2: Yeah. So I, after I left the company, Um, I went out and did some consulting for six months for another company. I had this big identity crisis of I wanted to be the president of the next somebody else's company. And so all these recruiters were saying, you're 27, you're too young. Like there is, you have to start over basically. And I was like, well, that's silly. Mm -hmm. And then my husband's like, start your own company, start your own company, start your own company. And so finally after six months after leaving that company, I did, I started my own company and um, that was really the catalyst for, you know, opening up what was next for me. And I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I didn't know. And then, um, I wanted, I knew I wanted to be a coach. Like I, I can remember sitting in when I was the president of the company, sitting by myself in an office. And I, I felt like something was ending. Like I knew this was coming to an end for me, this journey. And I kept hearing about coaching. And I kept thinking, man, I would love to do that because that's all I do all day long in my, this office in this position as president of the company. I'm constantly coaching all my employees. So I started to explore that. So at the same, this is one thing I don't tell a lot about the story is the same time I decided to become an NLP certified coach. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. I also went to law school for about six months. Like I had to, I had to get that out of my system and I did not like it at all. What I did love is learning a lot about contracts that has served me really well in my business. Like I can read a contract, like nobody's business now. And I like, you know, I learned a lot. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'd never want to do this. Like, I want to hire attorneys, not be an attorney. <laughs> and so, but the NLP piece came in because I wanted to become a coach and the NLP certification as a coach was very intriguing because I got both the NLP and the coaching cert through the International Coaches Federation through um, for the NLP Institute of California in San Francisco. And I, what I wanted to understand is why some people, get phenomenal results really quickly in whatever they choose and why others struggle. And I knew like, I just, there were pieces that I was missing to be of, you know, the best coach that I could be. And I just, I just felt called to that information. And one of, two of the things that I use still to this day in the area of NLP is shifting limiting beliefs. Anytime you come to any of my classes or any of my coaching programs, we're constantly clearing blocks around sales money um what's possible for you what you deserve and then the other tool that i use from my nlp training is what it calls what we call future pacing it's using your subconscious you probably know what this using your subconscious mind to work backwards from the end result you want because your your subconscious doesn't know the difference of what it's seeing so that helps us really um Help our clients blow the blocks out between clearing blocks and and future pacing, and then they start their subconscious starts working immediately on their goal.
1: That's perfect. Yeah, I'm familiar with the NLP and what yeah, uh, it's been life changing. As a matter of fact, a lot of what I wrote about in my book about the new models for learning has NLP as the base. In other words, understanding how to create your own learning styles and know how to match how your learning style matches with others and bringing that forward. It's phenomenal. Now, you know, one more thing, and I want to just, you know, I want to bring Erin in because, uh, as you know, uh, well, I think I'll just throw this in with Erin right now. Erin Johnson, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share some of your story and tell us what is it about Ursula's story that interests and inspires you and what would you like to learn from her today?
0: If you liked what you heard and want to listen to the rest of this incredible conversation, you can do so by visiting livingthepotential.com forward slash membership and create a completely and forever free account with us. And if you're interested, check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, which you can also find at livingthepotential.com forward slash book. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.